Welcome to Elam Lutheran Church. We're going to open our service with that hymn, O God, our help in ages past. Are there any announcements that need to be made this morning? If not, let's continue on. Oh, there are a lot. So comfortable. A phenomenal ministry took place here in these last days, and you're going to get a chance to see some of what went on.
this journey there's no looking back with jesus to lead us we're on the right track oh, 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 oh. wide open spaces for wide open eyes we're looking ahead for the next big surprise oh, oh, We'll continue our service with the song forever. Please stand. See you. 
understanding is to hear the word of God. And I invite you also to open up in your own Bible to Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. And I forgot to look and figure out what page it is there on the Bible right next to the hymnal. From Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, the first 14 verses. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. Time to, to cast away stones, and a time, time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the busyness of the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it. So that the people fear before him. him. This, this is, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, even now as we come to spend time in your word, I would pray that your spirit would have sway in our lives where our, our thoughts and attitudes have been walking maybe somehow distant from your plans. I pray that you would lead us and give us direction Helping, helping us to live at peace in your grace. Thank, Thank you for this time, for this day, and for your great love for us in Jesus. And I pray it all in your precious name. Amen. Now, you may be seated. Does anyone else, as we hear those words, have recollections back to that song that uh, the birds made so famous back in the 60s? To everything, turn, 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 there is a season. Uh, as Pete Seeger uh, penned those words from, I am assuming and believing Solomon, uh, his focus was basically on just the last part of verse 8, a time for war and a time for peace. In fact, he even added in, I swear it's not too late. Uh, a whole 
pile of information downloaded to us, as it were, the, the, the things and experiences of life. And as you have heard them, even as I have heard them, my mind sort of wants to pick and choose which parts I would like. In fact, maybe for you too, some of those things that are described here are on your bucket list. The things that you hope to experience before you eventually kick the bucket. Or maybe there are some things there that you are hoping, boy, I sure hope I'm gone before that happens. To everything, for everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. First question I might ask of each of us, are you satisfied with where you are right now? Now we can look at things and say, yeah, I wish my kid was better, I, I wish I was more handsome, I, I wish my hair was more full, and maybe not quite as gray, a lot of some of those minor kind of things. But in some of those deep things in life where you walk through each day, do you find yourself satisfied with where you are right now? I can look back at times in my life and realize that there's been way too many times when I'm when you, when you pull it all back, realize that I've been, been sort of dissatisfied with where I was. I'll give you a couple examples. In grade school, I could hardly wait for a school vacation to begin because there was going to be sun, there was going to be summer, and there was going to be fun. I could finally, I could hardly wait till I could finally Live the life I wanted to, because summer was here. Look back and realize that maybe I was disappointed where I was, having to be confined in that schoolroom. Or as I got a little bit older, and late autumn had arrived on the scene, and I found myself just longing and waiting and hoping, even watching. The, the news, as, as a grade school kid, kid hoping that, that when the weather was forecast, there was going to be snow falling in the Snoqualmie Pass, so that the skiers could open up, and then I could really have fun for the winter, because my dad started me skiing when I was four, and by that time, I was pretty good. I was sort of disappointed on those Saturdays when I couldn't go skiing with my family. And then there was that time when I was approaching my 16th birthday. Oh, I was so dissatisfied being 15. And I can't drive a car here in Washington State. However, back on the farm in North Dakota, I'd been driving grain trucks and tractors since I was 13. But I had, I had to obey the law, and I could hardly wait till I turned 16, and, and life could really begin because I wasn't going to be chained to my parents to take me where I wanted to be with my friends, and then have to wait for them to come and pick me up when that time together was ended. Oh, 
to, to be 16 and not under that age so that life could really begin. And then there was graduation from high school and I'm out of here and now I get to really live life. Which, Which meant, meant I, I went, went to work that one summer at Bethlehem Steel down, down close to Harbor Island. And I got to pay into the Social Security taxes. Hmm. That wasn't as excited as I was, thought it was going to be. Man, I was making money. I was making $3.12 an hour. Except when I wrote the swing shift. And, and then, then I got $3.15 an hour. And, and it went, went up to three nineteen when I worked the graveyard. Man, was I making money. And it doesn't seem an awful lot right now. But you know that summer working there paid for my first year at the Lutheran Bible Institute? And yet, I could hardly wait till summer was done. So I could go to Bible school, and now I was finally going to get a chance to really live. And then Bible school ended, some junior college time, a mission trip around the world, and a letter from President Nixon. Greetings. Some of the others get that letter that said greetings from a president? Yeah. yeah. You, you are, are hereby here ordered, ordered to report. And I got drafted. And I could hardly wait till I was finished with basic combat training. And then I could hardly wait so I could get on to life after my advanced individual training was finished. All those years in the farm, army thought I would be working great in the farm, must see. And, and so, so that's, that's what, what I did for the Army, and I could hardly wait until my time in service was finished so I could get out and really live. Because, because you see, I was just marking time, waiting down the line for life, for life to start. And then there was a chance to get married. And that girlfriend from LBI said yes. And so did I. And I'm looking forward to having a chance to be a husband. Oops, uh, a husband now and a father. And again, and again, and, and waiting all those times for when this little babe was finally going to be able to walk. That way I didn't have to carry him. And finally, going to be able to talk so I could understand him. I still, I still don't understand, understand them, although I don't, don't have to carry them. them. And, and then, then finally being released from diaper duty, and, and, and now life maybe has a chance, chance to begin. And, and then, then the years of seminary, struggling through those classes. I had a hard enough time speaking English. Now I've got to learn Greek and Hebrew? Are you kidding me? And yet when this is all done, finally, life is going to begin because I can be an official pastor. And I look back and realize that I was missing what God was doing. And at each one of those steps when I was thinking, I can hardly wait for the next thing so life can begin. 
I was overlooking the life that God had placed me in at that very moment. It isn't to the future God has given time and purpose, but to everything God has given a time. And it is purpose. And his, and his hope, hope for me, even as his hope for you, is that we're not sitting there marking time, hardly waiting till the next thing happens so we can live life and not realize that God has given us a life to live and a light to shine right where we are. I look back at my life and realize there were so many times I was not satisfied with the right now. Are you satisfied with the right now where you are? Oh, yeah, we could sure hope things would change. We could wish that the crazies that are breaking out all around our society would, would come under control. That those who have sworn as officers to protect and to serve would have the freedom to do their job without being attacked and injured and hated. Sure, there's a lot of things that we wish were different. Are you satisfied with your right now? Are you living the life that God has planned for you, not just in some future, but for right now? Maybe quarantined at home or walking around with a mask. It's sort, sort of interesting as I was reading through there. There's, there's, there's a time to embrace, and what we're living in right now, a time to refrain from embracing. Second thing I would say is that, that God has made everything beautiful in its time. Not just a couple of the things that we would want, but he's made everything beautiful. And it's time, as I have worked with couples in preparation for a wedding day that is the start of a marriage, and we go through and I'm standing up in front of God and his people, uh, this man and this woman are making promises to one another. And those promises are deep and wide. They're promising for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. In, in sickness and in health, and, and I can I can, I can see their eyes, and and, and their vote is for the better, for the richer, and for the healthy. But you know that's only a part of what happens when we come together as husband and wife, because there's times when we're stuck eating top ramen all week because we can't afford anything else. It's amazing how some of those difficult times are the things that cement us more and more together as husband and wife. One of my dear friends down in California, when she and her husband got married, he was 
in the service. And six months after they got married, they discovered that her husband had multiple sclerosis, MS. And the army booted him out and tried to pretend they didn't know. They did know and found the records. And so he was on permanent disability, thanks be to God, to the U.S. Army. For 40 years or more, they lived together as husband and wife. And for them, most of the and health was on her part. Most of the in-sickness was on his. My friend, if she would go now by this time widowed and would be watching and listening at weddings, would be crying out in her mind and in her heart, bride and groom, listen to the promises you're making. She kept those promises. But it was a lot of work that was married to that loss of love. God has made everything beautiful in its time. This woman is one of the most godly women that was a member of that congregation that I served for so long. God had been doing things in the midst of her struggles in loving her husband that completely changed her attitude and her outlook. And she was such a phenomenal blessing. For everything there is a purpose, a time, for every matter under heaven. One of the uh, heroes of the Lutheran Americans goes way back to the time of the founding of our country. Pastor Peter Muhlenberger. I'm going to invite you to just sort of put in mind this date that talks about uh, Pastor Muhlenberger. It was, it was on, on January 21st, 21st. the year was 1776. He'd been, been pastoring a Lutheran congregation in Virginia, uh, and, and he used this very text as his sermon, Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. And as he was reading on the text, he got to that eighth verse, a time for war, and a time for peace, at which time he stopped, he took off his clerical vestments, and underneath was the full uniform of a colonel in the Continental Army. Actually, it was the uh, eighth, get the right one, hmm. eighth Virginia Regiment. And he said, a time for war and a time for peace, and now is a time for war. The end of January, 1776. Now, Pastor Muhlenberg did not have an altar call that Sunday. What he had was an enlistment call. And as I said that, he, he, he took off his guns and laid them 
and told Colonel Galia, walked out, and the men of the congregation stood, and they kissed their wives, and they followed Pastor Muhlenberg out, and that day, 162 men enlisted in a time of war. Because God was calling them to stand for freedom. He later became a representative from Pennsylvania. I think possibly even a senator for a time. Uh, became very involved in the foundations of the political as well as the spiritual life of this country. Solomon asks in verse 9, what, what gain has the worker from his soil? I have seen the, the, the business that God has given to the children of men to be busy with. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Eternity. Isn't, isn't something that, that is just out there. Eternity is something that is in here when we come to trust what God has done for us and in us in Jesus. Because when, when we are born again into the kingdom of God, our eternity begins in a whole new and fresh ways. An eternity that will not end, at least. We have half of eternity. We've got a beginning spot that does have no end. God has no beginning spot and no ending spot, so we are half eternal. And God has put that into us. Back in the 1600s, Blaise Pascal is quoted in his writings. There, there is, is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. That, that God-shaped vacuum is that beginning eternity that God fills in each of us. You may, you may remember, remember some of the struggles that King David had. Wonderful man of God, man after God's own heart, that uh, really made a lot of mistakes. One of those was lusting after Bathsheba, murdering her husband, taking her in and marrying her while she was with his child. And during the time of the birth of that child, the prophet Nathan comes and speaks to David and said, the child won't survive. God is, to say ticked would be gentle with what you have done. And so David goes in for a time of prayer and fasting and calling out to God, deliver this child. And as the child is born and, and struggles in those first hours and maybe days, 
David is going without eating. He's crying out to God. And then realizes as people are walking by and keeping distance, he knows what's happened. That first child of Bathsheba and David has died. And David gets up, demands to know and finds out the truth. And he washes his face and begins to live life. And the people are thinking, well, you know, when the child was alive, this was going, how come now that it's dead? That he has peace. And David says in 2 Samuel 12, verse 23, I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. David knew that even beyond life as we know it here, there is something beyond eternity has already begun. And even though that child that David never knew has died, David knew that he would go to be with him. Even more powerful, the struggles that Job has been going through with, with the loss of, of all the property, with the loss of all of his children, with nothing else but his lonely supportive wife who looks at him in the eyes and says, why don't you curse God and die? What does Job talk about? Job talks about the promise of God. Here's what it says in Job 19. Beginning, beginning at verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last He will stand upon the earth. First of all, God is alive and He ain't dying. Secondly, He is coming back to stand upon the earth. Verse 26. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, when I breathe my last, when, when I am put, put in the ground and I am nothing more than food for worms, he continues, yet in my flesh I will see God. Job knew that even after he dies, that is not the end. Because in a resurrection, he will see God in his own flesh. He will see God. We find out so much more about that as we come to the New Testament and Jesus teaches and Paul and Peter and others talk about the promises of God and what is going to take place. Eternity is already here. There is so much we don't know. But we do know that the one who promised will not fail. To everything, the things we would vote yes for and the things we would say, I never want it. To everything, there is a season. Even the most dreadful thought maybe for some of us is death. Although, Although I will, I will tell, tell you, uh, some of the studies say that public speaking is more fearful to people than death. Um, I'm, 
I don't, no, know, I don't, I don't think, think I'm fearful of death. death. I'm, I'm, I'm not too keen on how I'm going to be dying. dying. I don't, I don't know, know what that's, that's going to be about. But, but death, death doesn't, doesn't frighten me. me. One, One of the wonderful old men down, down in Salinas, he'd already been, been a widow for, for a year when I took the call there in 1979. He'd had a, a stroke that had robbed movements and parts of his body. He ended up growing cancer in some very tender and private spots that were slowly sliced and diced away to get rid of it. And about every three weeks, I would go over to Jerry's house, and I would bring communion, and the wonderful housekeeper that he had, Magno Man from the Philippines, had just a glorious heart for Jesus and a wonderful heart for Jerry. Jerry was so much looking forward to when he would breathe his last. He was looking forward to death, that he could be reunited with Mary, that he would get a chance to see family members who trusted in the Lord. And when I would come and bring communion, Jerry would ask, Pastor, how much longer? And I said, you know, Jerry, I'm not in charge of dispatch. I, I don't know what God's timing is. And then when someone else in the congregation would die, I would, I would come, come and bring, bring communion to Jerry, and I'd say, good, good news, Jerry, the line just got shorter. We, we didn't know what was going to happen. Finally, his wish came true. You see, there wasn't a fear in his heart of death. Life was hard enough for him. And although we might say, a time to be born, yes, and a time to die, no, there are people who have said, I've lived a great life, I'm ready to go. My, my uncle passed away in the last month. I worked at his farm with my grandpa for seven summers. Uncle Don was ready to go. Aunt Lyle had left a year and a half before. He was in his early 90s, and he was ready. My mom is now 97. She's old. That's, That's what, what she, she says. says. She's, She's tired. That's, That's what she says. I'm ready to go home. I don't know that I'm ready for her to go home yet, but if God says now is the time, I know that to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Brothers and sisters, where you are right now is not a surprise to God. And what you step in tomorrow morning and next week, if you have tomorrow morning or next week, it's not going to be a surprise to God. And he's going to be there waiting for you. And if the thing we would never choose happens, it's even going to be better. Because God, by grace, is going to fulfill more than we can imagine in his love for us. Brothers and sisters, I plead with you, please be at peace right where God has you living. This day, 
and in any other day he gives. Let your light shine so that those in the darkness around will see your light and give glory to your Father in heaven. And I would pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us a peace that comes from you alone, that you would help us to understand that, that your plans for us are the very best things that come our way. Give us the grace we need, Lord, to know that you haven't failed. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our hearts are going to be ready now for, for what God has invited us to participate. We're not going to be coming up to the altar rail, but it, it is the gift that he gives of his, his very presence, his body and his blood. It's always important to have our hearts set straight. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me and join me in prayer as we make confession of our failings, of our sin, and listen to God's promise to us. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess to you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed. But I plead to your infinite mercy and ask you for Christ's sake, grant us forgiveness of all our sins and by your Holy Spirit increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will and true obedience to your word to the end that by your grace we may come to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Here's the promise that God gives us through the prophet Isaiah, the first chapter, the 18th verse. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become as wool. To you who have proclaimed to God the truth of your heart, acknowledged your sin, I declare to you this promise. You are forgiven of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Being forgiven by that triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's proclaim that faith that we hold together, a faith that holds us with men and women all around the world, Every time and every space, our confession of faith, using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated in the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from where he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and the life everlasting. Amen. Hopefully you picked up a communion packet on your way in this morning. And invite you to peel back the first portion of that as, as we hear the words of our Lord Jesus. Dearly beloved of God, our Lord Jesus on that night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he gave him thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then, and then after that, that supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink of this, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink this in remembrance of me. Now, as his people, let's pray the prayer of Lord's taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I invite, invite you to be seated, seated as you commune and as the worship team sings.
and now the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and His holy and His precious blood, strengthen you and preserve you in true faith until life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to stand and receive the blessing of God who loves you so very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with the greatest of all his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The love of God shine forth with his light that he would be glorified in your life. Amen. Amen.